Hi, I'm Alex Rubin, and thank you so much for joining me on my daily teaching podcast, Grace to Your World. You know, the more we understand God's grace, the more do we find ourselves empowered to change our world and to live the overcoming life. Now, with that being said, let's get into today's message and grow in our walk with Jesus together. John chapter 1, I want, I want to just kind of show you something here. John chapter 1, verse 17, makes a very important distinction that we got to understand, friends. He says in verse 17, John 1, 17, he says, For the law was given by Moses... But grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. And so notice there's a divide. He says the law was given by Moses. The law was given by Moses. But then he goes on to say, well, grace and truth, they came by Jesus Christ. Notice that the law was given. That implies a distance. It's something that was handed over. But grace and truth, glory to God, they came. I want you to understand grace and truth came. (laughs) Grace and truth were not given, but they came. Now, what does that mean? And it means this, friends. It means that grace and truth are not just a subject matter or a teaching. No, grace and truth. First of all, they go together. I want you to see the law is on one side. Grace and truth is on the other side. And grace and truth go together. And I want you to understand it's talking about Jesus. Alex, how do you know? Well, back up to verse 14 here. Look at verse 14. And we're going to see this in context. He says in verse 14, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Now, who is he talking about, friends? The word was made flesh. is talking about Jesus. Amen. And so the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. John says, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. He says, we saw him. We were eyewitnesses. We beheld his glory. And he says, full of grace and truth. And so John here is saying under inspiration of the Holy Spirit that Jesus, glory to God, is full of grace and truth. You see, and so uh, here's what you want to be reminded of is that grace is a person. Grace is Jesus. Someone says, Alex, why always grace? Well, friend, because grace is Jesus. When I say grace, I might as well say Jesus. These two words are interchangeable. You see, you're seeing Jesus full of grace and truth. You see Jesus. uh, You see the grace of God. And what does it mean, uh, grace and truth? Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so Jesus is the truth. Amen. Truth is not a concept or something that you can you know, a set of information of truth is, is a person, glory to God, you see. And so grace is a person, truth is a person, and his name is Jesus, you see. And so Jesus, full of grace and truth. Look at this in the uh, New Living Translation, verse 17, says, says this, he says, um, for the law was given through Moses, and so it came from God, but through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. And so here's what I want you to notice about grace today, that grace is defined here as God's unfailing love and faithfulness. You see, the thing about grace is, friends, is that grace is going to shift the focus away from ourselves, and it's going to shift the focus on Jesus. Glory to God. Uh, Grace is going to emphasize uh, the finished works of Jesus Christ. You see, under the gospel of grace, under this covenant of grace, it's always God first. In other words, it's about God's unfailing love. You see, a lot of us, we're still operating in this thing where like, well, Alex, I got to love God more. 
Alex, I hope I'm loving God enough. Well, hold on, friend. Let me remind you that the Bible says that he first loved us. And the only reason that you and I have the ability even to love God, glory to God, is because he first loved us. Praise God. I'm excited, man. I'm going to start hooping and hollering here in just a second. I'm just I'm just really fired up about this grace, man. You see, and so, and so grace is going to shift the focus on God. It's God first. Here's what you want to remember. Uh, grace is God first. Everything in this covenant of grace, it's God first. You see, here's how you can define it as well. It is that God initiates and then we participate. You see, the law made a demand. The law said, man, you got to do this. If you don't do that, then it's not going to go well with you. Okay, that's performance and self-effort. It's the way of religion. It's the way of the world system. It's the way of the fallen world system. Everything in this world system is, man, you got to work your way and you got to earn and deserve the blessing. And, and man, that's just how it works in the world. That's what every religion is going to tell you how it's like. But here's the awesome thing, man, about this gospel of grace is it's no longer about you, friend. It's no longer about me. It's no longer about what we can do. Uh, glory to God. It's about what Jesus already did on that cross 2,000 years ago. And so it's about God's unfailing love. Remember the Bible said, for God so loved the world and that he gave. You see, God didn't wait until we earned it or deserved it. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like we could ever deserve salvation? Like we could ever deserve Jesus? No. Uh, God, out of his own uh, volition and free will, already decided to make his unmerited favor available. He's already decided to make grace available. He's already decided uh, to send Jesus into the world, you see. And so it's his unfailing love. And notice this, it is his faithfulness. His faithfulness. You see, because we still think that it's about our faithfulness. <laughs> Here's what I love about grace, man. It's so radical. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna upset the apple cart a little bit because we still think, man, it's about how faithful we can be. But here's the deal. Yeah, we're we're called to be faithful, you know, with certain things. But here's what I want you to understand. Remember, God initiates, we participate, God first, then us. In other words, the only reason that we can be faithful is because God is faithful first. The only reason I can love God is because God first loved me. The only reason I can do anything at all uh, that's pleasing to God is because he first gave me the ability through his grace and by his grace, you see. And so grace is going to shift your attention away from yourself, and it's going to shift your attention on Jesus. Grace, friends, I want you to understand, is a revelation of Jesus Christ. You see, and so if you're someone who says, well, Alex, man, why grace? Preach on something else. Well, here's the deal, man. If, if you're tired of grace, what you're saying is, is you're saying you're tired of Jesus. <laughs> okay. Now, here's, here's what I'm going to tell you, man. I will never be tired of our precious Lord. Oh, I'm never going to get tired of, 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 of talking to you about his glory, man, his splendor, his beauty, his awesomeness, his unfailing love, uh, his faithfulness, you see, because I want you to understand no matter what you are facing in your life, Jesus is the solution. There's no other solution. You know, the reason the world is in the in the trouble it's in is like, man, they're all, <laughs> man, sometimes it feels like they're a little cray-cray, amen? You look at some of the stuff that's going on in the world, and it's like, man, and I'm telling you, 
Jesus is the solution. I'm here to preach to you, whoever is listening, that Jesus is the solution, and he's the only solution to whatever's going on in the world. There's no other solution. It's Jesus. It's his grace. It's his unfailing love. It's his faithfulness. Glory to God is the only thing. He's the only person uh, who can transform the human heart. Grace is everything, friends. Grace is everything, you see. And so what I want us to see today is, is you know, a lot of us, we, we have some understanding of grace, but I believe, and I submit to you, and may, maybe this is a bold statement, but I'm convinced, man, that none of us uh, has the full revelation of grace because I don't have it. God is, is always talking to me about new facets of his grace, and he's reminded me of the importance, man, of understanding in fact, look at this scripture here uh, with me first, uh, f- um, first second Peter uh, chapter one, verse three, and then I'm, we're going to go to Romans um, five seventeen. But second Peter chapter one, verse verse uh, verse three. I want to show you this scripture. Um, n- notice this man. This is so awesome. Then this is grace. This is grace. Listen to this. He says, "By his divine power." God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. Friend, you have everything you need to live a godly life. He says, we have received all of this by coming to know him, Jesus, the one who called us to himself, man, by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. Dude, praise God. He is so awesome. He is so awesome. He's given us everything we need to live a godly life. Now, 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 now you say, well, Alex, well, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm, where is this everything? The, the King James says all things pertaining to life and godliness. And so there's a couple of things that sometimes happen. People look at this and then you see your experience doesn't line up with it. And then we're back in this gap. Remember, I'm, I'm always talking about this gap. There's a gap between what the Bible says is true about us in Christ and what our day-to-day experience is. And so, so it doesn't line up. And you're saying, well, Alex, uh, I don't know. Where is the all things, Alex? I'm, I'm struggling here, you see. And then one way people sometimes try to explain this away and is, 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 well, you know, it's like, well, you know, Alex is not really talking about everything we need. It's just saying uh, we're going to have lack. Uh, we're going to have all these difficulties and everything. And, but in the midst of it all, we got Jesus and that's enough. Now, now there's partial truth to that. There's partial truth to that because, you know, no matter what your experience is, uh, he is with you. Uh, he, he will never leave you nor forsake you. And so you have everything you need. But I, what I want you to understand, what God is literally saying here is he's made everything available, man, for us to live a godly life. He's made righteousness available. Glory to God. He's made healing available. Uh, he's whatever he's calling you to do. Uh, he, he's made it, he's made those opportunities available to you. That's what I'm reminded of again. It's like, I was like almost kind of tempted to go back to like, well, Lord, I just don't know how certain things can happen. And then he reminded me, well, son, it's, it's, it's me. It's my grace. It's not you, uh, earning it or deserving it, you see. And so God, uh, has made everything available to us. And so, yes, even if you're not experiencing it, you right now have everything because you've got Jesus. He is sufficient. But what I want you to understand is that he wants to manifest his glory in your life, friend. He wants to manifest his glory in your life. And he wants you uh, to see the manifestation of his blessings. Amen. He wants you to bear more fruit and he wants you to see the blessings 
And remember, fruit is is the fruit of the spirit, and that's going to be for how you can be a blessing to other people. Fruit is not for us. Fruit is for other people. Amen. That's how I'm showing up and, and how I'm impacting the people in my life. Okay, that's the fruit. And then the blessing is the promises of God that have been made available to you. The promises of God that have been made available to you. But here's what I want you to catch. The foundation of this has to be righteousness. It's got to be your identity. This is what the enemy will try to attack. This is where the enemy's been trying to attack me, uh, is, is, is this truth, is, is you got to understand that you are righteous as a result of the grace of God. That righteousness is, is a gift. Uh, righteousness is, uh, is not something that you can ever earn or deserve. Now, righteousness, Alex, what is righteousness? Well, righteousness is right relationship with God. And righteousness is, is, uh, is your identity. It's not your behavior. Yeah, and so here's what I want you to see. In fact, I want you to see, I'm going to read Romans 5, 17 here in the King James, where he says, for, by, for if by one man's offense, death reigned by one, speaking of Adam, the, the death that, that reigned and that still reigns in, in, in people's lives who don't know Jesus, that reigns in the world. Death is not just talking about physical death. It's talking about, you know, death and relationships, uh, finances. It's talking about depression. It's talking about uh, condemnation. Uh, when the Bible talks about death, it's not just talking about physical death. It's talking about all the stuff that you see, you know, that, 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 that's, that's suffering, that's bad, that's talking about death. And so he says that was raining at one point, but he says much more, they which receive the abundance of grace, man, the grace of God is, is abundant. And he says, and the gift of righteousness, they shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Notice, friend, what this is saying, that in order for us, in order for us to live the victorious life, in order for us to... Uh, Man, to be able to reign in life, we got to receive the abundance of grace. And we got to receive the gift of righteousness. I'm going to read it in the NLT as well. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. God, my friend, wants you to live in victory. God wants you to live in victory. Now, how do you lay hold of victory? The only way you can do it is by understanding it's the grace of God. It's not going to be my self-effort. It's not going to be my performance. No, it's going to be me receiving the abundance of his grace and understanding that with that grace comes the gift of righteousness. You see, righteousness friends, is a gift. Righteousness is a gift. And our identity is such an interesting topic because you got to distinguish when it comes to our identity between who we are in Christ and who we are in ourselves. You see, you say, well, Alex, well, I thought we were just sinners. Well, here's the deal. Here's what you want to understand is, is yes, in our own self, man, we are sinners, every single one of us. In our own self but here's what happened when you received jesus christ as your savior and lord what god did was god took you in your spirit praise god because remember what you are is a spirit humans are spirit beings 
you are a spirit, you possess a soul, you live in a physical body. Now, the moment you got born again, what happened was in that very instant, what God did was he, he took you and he put you into Christ. This is why the Bible talks about, talks about uh, us being in Christ. The phrase, in Christ. What does it mean to be in Christ? I'm going to read this verse here uh, real quick if I can uh, um, find it. I wasn't planning on going here. Here it is. 1 Corinthians 15, uh, 22 says, For as in Adam all die, in Adam, notice this now, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. I want you to understand, friend, your position is either in Adam, that's the fallen human nature, or in Christ. And your position is talking about your where you are in your spirit. You see, when you are born again, when you got born again, the Bible says you're born from above, you're born of the spirit. It's the Holy Spirit who initiates the, 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 the new birth. When you receive Jesus as Savior and Lord, it's not something we can work for. It's not like, you know, the world will tell you, well, Alex, you just got to be spiritual enough. Alex, you just got to pray enough. Alex, you got to meditate and you got to do all these things. Alex, you uh, you got to, whatever it is, you know, they're telling you uh, to try to kind of feel like you're earning it. You kind of feel like you can deserve it now. It's like, man, now I'm spiritual, you know. That's the ways of the world. That's the ways of death, friends. Yeah, this is radical. I don't care. I'm, because here's, <laughs> here's the thing, guys. God has put it on my heart to preach this gospel, and I'm not compromising any of it. And I'm going to tell you, anybody who tells you that you can work your way into salvation or they believe in this concept of, man, I'm enlightened or whatever other New Age doctrine or uh, cult they're into, man, those are the ways of death. You see, no. The way that you go from being an Adam to being in Christ is not by anything you do other than just believing in what Jesus already did for you. The moment you believe on Jesus, what happens is Holy Spirit places you in Christ. And now in my born again spirit, man, I'm in Christ. And you know what the Bible says? He says, Jesus has become my wisdom my righteousness, my sanctification, my redemption. That's 1 Corinthians one thirty. Maybe you want to write these scriptures down. I know I'm going a little fast, but uh, he says, uh, but of him or of his doing, are you in Christ Jesus? Notice that's our position. Who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. And so I'm in Christ. It doesn't matter how I feel in my emotions. It doesn't matter what my behavior looks like. No, no worries, friends. The behavior is going to get taken care of, but you got to start with your position in Christ. And notice what he says, a very familiar scripture, 2 Corinthians 5.21. This is the great exchange. He says, for he hath made him to be sin for us, Jesus, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Friend, righteousness is a gift. Righteousness is something that we were made the moment we got into Christ. In Christ means in my spirit, I'm in Christ. I'm in Christ. I'm in Christ. Now, I'm going to give you a quick illustration here uh, before we're out of time already. Uh, I'm going to show you this uh, index card. I have an index card here. And then I got a notebook. 
because I want you to see what it means to be in Christ. You see, this is a index card here. And then I got this little, this, this black notebook here. And so here's what I'm going to do. Now, for our illustration here, friend, this is you. This is Christ. Index card is you. Notebook is Christ. Now, what happened when you got saved? What happened when you received Jesus? Here's what God did in the spirit. He took you, the index card, and he put you into the notebook, Christ. He closed the notebook because the Bible says we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. To be sealed with the Holy Spirit means none of the, none of the good can get out. None of the bad can get in. Ephesians talks about we're sealed. So you're sealed. Not only are you in Christ, you're sealed. Now look at this. I put the index card in here, right? Index card is in the notebook. Do you see the index card? No. All you see is the notebook, right? That's exactly how it is when God looks at you, friend. God sees you in Christ. Now notice this, anything I do to the notebook, man, I'm doing it to the index card. You know, I can drop the notebook here. Well, the moment I drop the notebook, I'm dropping the index card. And so whatever happens to Christ, friend, happens to me and you. Here's what I want you to understand today. God sees you. If you're in Christ, if you're a, if you're a believer, you got to get born again. Jesus said, you must be born again. But here's the deal. If you are born again, you believe Jesus, you believe on him as Savior and Lord. God does not see you in yourself. Now, he's aware of, of, of everything that's going on. But what God is looking at, he's, he's looking at you in Christ. He sees you through the lens of the finished works. And so when he sees you, man, he sees his son in you. Glory to God. He sees Christ in you. He sees righteousness in you. He sees wholeness in you. Glory to God. He sees all things pertaining to life and godliness in you. That's grace, friends. That's grace. And so my identity is in Christ. You see, the Bible says in Romans chapter 6, that we were crucified with him, that our old man, our old identity was crucified with him. Now, that's not talking about that we were physically crucified, obviously. It's not even talking about in my soulish realm, in my mind, and in my way of thinking. It's talking about a spiritual reality. Here's what you want to understand. Here's something a lot of people don't understand. This is where a lot of New Age doctrines and, and cults come from, is you got to understand the distinction between your spirit and your soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. That's how you feel. Man, Alex, I feel spiritual today. Well, you know, that's just your, you know, that might be a good thing. I'm not saying that's bad. But, you know, you being in Christ has nothing to do with how spiritual you feel because that's going to be, your feelings are going to be in your soul. You see, your spirit you can't perceive. Your spirit has nothing to do with your emotions. Your spirit, your, the condition of your spirit has nothing to do with, with your thinking. You see, and your spirit, friend, I want you to understand, can only be in one of two places. You're either in Adam, that's an unsafe person, or you're in Christ. You see, and so when you're in Adam, well, then, then that's the person who's lost. When you're in Christ, everything that happened to Jesus, as far as God is concerned, he sees that in you. As far as God is concerned, friend, our old identity is dead. Who we once were is dead. And so, man, it's time to let go of, of, of some of the stuff. Uh, some of you, you're still feeling condemned about some mistakes. Man, can I remind you, it's time to let that go. It's time to let that go. Why do you think God can say that he remembers our sins no more? It doesn't mean he doesn't know they happened. Man, God knows everything. 
he doesn't bring them up. Why? Well, because he's dealt with that through the finished works of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm Alex Rubin. You have been listening to Grace to Your World. Be sure to join me again on our next podcast as we continue to grow in our understanding of God's grace. Now, to learn more and to access the full-length audio of this and other teachings, simply head to graceworldonline.org. For information on how to become a Grace Vision partner or how to make a gift of any amount to our ministry, visit graceworldonline.org forward slash give. Now, I pray that you continue to see God's grace manifesting richly in your life, and I look forward to talking to you again on our next podcast.